Hello, and welcome to episode 43, numbers are hard, 43 of the R&R Gaming Podcast. I'm your host, Byron Reed, and alongside me is my co-host, Ken Rossi. What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Doing all right. Before we get started, we are a part of the Joystick Entertainment Network. some guests on the show tonight they are you may recognize their voices as the uh hosts of the aag podcast podcast we used to do here on joystick and they are my friends my fellow co-hosts tim and tyler how are you guys doing well doing all right byron how are you well <laughs> can't complain you know just uh being part of uh god's plan yeah <laughs> yeah god's yeah. plan God's plan. I love tonight with those skins and just say God's plan. <laughs> That's it. God's That's plan. It, man. Take it away, buddy. Oh man, it's been a long time, and I'm really glad to have you guys on the show with me again. Well, happy to be here. I appreciate. Yeah. I appreciate it. So tonight we are going to uh, talk about some of our favorite video game stories, and then we're going to go into some news, and then maybe so much more. We'll see. We'll see what happens. So, favorite video so, game stories. Yeah, so we're going to do it roundtable style. Um, <clears throat> we've got two or three video game stories we're going to talk about. Uh, just, you know, for a little bit, say why we love them and things of that nature. And that'll be sort of it for that discussion anyway. Can I go first? Uh, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, man. Go ahead. Take it away. Jeez, 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 jeez. All right. Please. Okay. So. My first game is a little ditty that you guys may have heard of. It uh, There was a trailer for it, or for its sequel, that came out the other day when it was supposed to come out yesterday. It's called Red Dead Redemption. Yes. Hey, I was it. about to summarize the entire story of that game, but I'm not going to. You know why? Because it came out eight, uh, it came out eight years ago. And it is a pinnacle of goodness. Listen to me. Red Dead Redemption is very good because it takes a character who's like, you know, he's a piece of Like, let's be real here. Like John Marston, he is not a likable guy. He has a really no. bad history, but he has a heart of gold. And even though that sort of archetype is kind of stereotypical and stupid, to be honest, well, not necessarily stupid, but it's kind of overdone at this point. Like, you know, the outlaw with a heart of gold. I yeah. like that that game gives you the option to mold him into the kind of person who you want him to be. Right, in exactly. a way, by doing good deeds or bad system. deeds. Yeah, honor and uh, what was the other one? Infamy or something? No, no, that's the opposite of being. Um, what the hell was it? it was, it's like honor, honor and fame. That's what it is. And <clears throat> even though it doesn't like affect the main story if you're famous or infamous or if you have like a lot of honor or no honor it's still <sighs> i'm trying to figure out how to explain this because it's it's like john marston's in the story is very 
very devoted to his personal quest, which is bringing his former gang mates to justice. So that way the federal government will free his wife and son because they're basically using them as a bargaining chip to get John to do what they want him to do. And John is like very nasty to a lot of people in this game. But like, if you, you can like it and on the surface, you can understand why he's nasty though. Yeah. Like on the surface, it's like, okay, like, like, damn dude, like, calm down take a zanny or something (laughs) but then if you like actually pay attention to the game it's like okay like it makes sense like all of these other characters are pretty much hucksters especially mr west dickens oh west dickens yeah and they they all have their own personal agendas and they all want john to do something for them when he really needs them to get his family back so i just think that's like a really interesting nuanced character and nuanced storytelling technique that is honestly probably one of the best examples of video game writing i would say uh yeah if i might if i might add to that um what i like the most about john uh is kind of towards the end of the game with dutch how they are very much kind of reflections of each other in a very (laughs) weird sort of way in that you know uh john's finish line is his family and dutch doesn't have one you know uh, yeah, that's, that's something that, exactly. Yeah, something I just just thought of when you were talking about. Oh, you just you know put so brilliantly that he's the thing. His quest is you know to bring those people together and get his gang back, uh, round them up or whatever. But uh, it's his family, so yeah, that's just that was just excellently put. And you, you can you thank you. You can I will be kissing you in the morning. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> anyway, you, you can do like the extremely like Dutch Vanderlyn voice where it's like John or whatever, <laughs> standing outside of the hotel and shooting at him in Blackwater. Yeah. <laughs> but that game is uh, really freaking good, my man, and it just got a 4K update, so you can play it on your Xbox One X in 4K today. Yeah, it's it's one of my favorite games of the Xbox 360 uh, generation as well. Yeah. For all the reasons that you guys said, I mean, Marston at Marston's character, his journey to get his family back is like you said, what drives him in the whole thing. So when when he does eventually get to the point where his family does come back, I like what the game does, and then it slows the pace down. Yeah, mm-hmm. to let you spend time with John and his family. Mm-hmm. To give you um, a sense, a uh, reward, if you will, for doing all that work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it's it's really nice, and it's like, wow. Uh, I totally don't think that there's going to be some awful <laughs> right thing second arc to the game. John. Yeah. yeah. Spoiler alert: John gets <laughs> murdered, destroyed by the destroyed. United States government, who go back on their word, and then Jack Marston, his son three years later goes and hunts down Edgar Ross. You killed my father. Man. Yeah. Uh, That's pretty good. On, thank you. That was actually pretty good. He he shoots him on the bank of the uh, the river the river sticks or whatever it's called in Mexico. <laughs> <laughs> I put some coins on his eyes for the ferryman. Yeah. That's right. Like a noble Greek. That's right. If there is even such a thing. <laughs> right. Uh, that's. I guess that's all there really is to say about Red Dead Redemption. So uh, let's, uh, you know, yeah. we'll move on. Yeah. Tyler, do you want to go next? Oh boy, sure. Uh, 
my first game I'm going to talk about, I'm going to do my best to avoid spoilers. Uh, I was going to do Pyre by Supergiant, uh, the dev Supergiant games, but instead I'm going to do Persona 5. I went back and forth like all day thinking about this. Yeah, I'm not going to spoil it. But, no, it's um, good. I believe you. It, uh, Persona 5 was my first Persona game, and I loved it from start to finish. Um, I think that just in terms of, of story, uh, it deals with a lot of themes I wasn't expecting. You know, this thing definitely seems like it is very uh, anime-y and very uh, sort of up in the clouds because, you know, it's, sort of, it's kind of like Pokemon in terms of like the combat and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, it just didn't seem very grounded to me but sort of the outside sections of walking around and hanging out with your friends and all that stuff. It really grounded it for me uh, because they're, because they're, they're all so well-written. Uh, they all have insecurities and flaws and things they need to get past and stuff like that. And you can choose to help them, uh, you know, sort of at your benefit too, because it sort of levels them up in certain aspects. Um, but if you don't, it doesn't seem like it's out of character because they're still your friends. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're not punished for not doing uh, yeah, that. Exactly. Stuff, which is good. Um and I also love the way that it sort of uh the plot twists are kind of telegraphed if you pay attention, but they're not like big overt things like, Oh, he's the bad guy. You know, it's like <laughs> yeah. it's it's like, oh, if it's like, if if you pay attention you'll notice that this happened this character yeah, <laughs> this happened <laughs> and this character noticed this and stuff like that. And I, I, just, I just love stuff like that. I love the way it's sort of sets everything out as a story within a story. And then when everything catches up again, it's sort of, uh, also your choices matter, which is, you know, very, it seems like yeah, a very well, simple thing, but a lot of, you know, we'll games don't really do that. Yeah, yeah. A lot of games don't really do yeah, that. We'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get to that. But uh, yeah, I, I love Persona 5. Uh, it's terrific. I'm going to play it until I die. Uh, <laughs> that's all I have to say about it. I'm really glad you like Persona 5, though, because I've heard so many good things about the game. Uh, I need to get a bigger hard drive for my, for my PS4 so I can actually, you know, play the game. But, you know. <laughs> Instead of having, like, well, I mean, it's probably at the, bat- the bottom of your massive pile of backlog. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's in there. It's in there. It, it takes priority over others. Byron, you haven't even finished Blood and Wine yet. I'm on the last, look, look. Don't, don't do this. Don't do this right now. <laughs> oh, do oh, 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 oh <laughs> we're do doing that. it. Uh, if I may, thing. just one more Byron, thing. I, I will turn this car around. <laughs> yes, if I if I may, uh, I had one more thing to mention. Um, yes. It was about the characters that they sort of uh, that they already sort of you're seeing the game through the eyes of idealistic teenagers uh, who sort of define their own brand of justice, and uh, but that changes over the course of the game. I thought it was going to be very static, but it doesn't. Uh, you know, it's sort of like sort of pointing out the fact that sometimes people in power are monsters, you know, but uh, it doesn't, it, it doesn't get preachy about it, which is something I love. That was it. That was what I was trying to say earlier. That's good. Yeah, definitely. But no, I'm, I'm on the last boss fight. I think of one. I got to fight uh, the vampire dude. That Oh my God. Yes, that yeah. <laughs> Remember you can shoot him out of the air. Yeah. I just, just, yeah we, we just learned that the other day. You can just shoot him out of the good air. Good to know. Crossbow. Yeah. That, that fight's a pain. Good to know. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. who's going <clears throat> next? Um, Ken, if you want to go, I can I can go last. Sure, I'll chime in. Um, cause yeah, cause I was kind of thinking um between uh both uh, Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VI or three if you played it on the Super Nintendo. 
And, you know, I kind of thought about it. And Final Fantasy VII, I think, is the better game. Mm-hmm. But with Final Fantasy VI, I think it has the better story. Like, there's there's more to VI um, when you get down to the, the separate levels with so much that you have to deal with. Like, you know, you have an evil empire that's over uh, using its its strength and stealing, essentially killing humans to make their little espers. Um, and then you got the main character who's having to uh, deal with that, you know, kind of struggling between uh, being part human and part Esper and, and kind of that story. You know, so there's there's a lot more going on. Uh, each character has its own little side story, especially when you get to the end game and you can kind of decide who you want to find and save and, and get that extra story bit. Right. <clears throat> um. But yeah, I, I really enjoy their story. And plus it has has the better bad guy. Kafka's great. Kafka. Or, <laughs> or Got as, as everybody yeah. knows him as. <laughs> I don't know. Do those um those end game stories for the for the characters, do those come into effect? Like like if you wait, if you wait to do them, does it matter if that makes sense? Like are you punished for that? For not doing them or whatever, um, like the loads missions aspect, for example. Oh my god! You're not punished, but they they just don't appear. Okay. Like, like there's actually a point halfway through the game, um, where you're fighting this final boss that's uh, pretty much going to destroy the world and make it uh, apocalyptic, and you have the choice to go back and wait for one of your guys to show up, and you have to wait for like. Till there's four seconds left on the clock and he'll show up and you save him where if, oh, if you special. don't and you uh, leave without him he's dead and you don't get his uh ending story huh that'd be kind of frustrating yeah well i think most people didn't know like when they first played it there there's a clock they're just trying to get out uh of this main area and they didn't know you know they leave and uh, they didn't realize that they're getting rid of the the coolest character, the ninja character. Mm. So it, it's pretty awesome. I'm assuming no one here has played it. Uh, no, no, I just know about no, I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't play six. Well, that's a disappointment. I wasn't in those games at that point <laughs> in my life, so yeah, <laughs> that's why yeah. I haven't played them. Well, I my mean... favorite Final Fantasy is four. Oh yeah, boy. Four or two. Uh. Oh Christ! Which what is it called in in America? Uh, probably four. Uh, wait, oh no, it is Final Fantasy two. I guess technically. Yeah. Okay, I just looked it up. Yes, that one. <laughs> the one that has the. Uh, the spoony the, bard. Oh my God! Yeah, and the whoops, you're evil. <laughs> whoops, you're evil. Love it. Love it. I don't know. I don't want to think about it though. But you know, I'm glad that that game story is good. You know, when so. Orm and Pollum uh, get stuck in that one room, that's pretty mm-hmm. tearful. That's I really love sad. emotions. I don't. Byron, you turn, you sexy man. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. So, my uh, my first game is Enslaved Odyssey to the West. Ooh, Hell yeah. 
I don't I don't know how many people played the game though. Like um, it's one of those I think it's one of those underappreciated games, underrated games that absolutely. wasn't uh you know talk about like, like Okami almost in that yeah. respect. Uh which six I never people, played personally, but go ahead, six Tim. people on Earth bought enslaved. Three of them are in this in this podcast right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, four of them. Exactly. Four of them. And, four of us. I bought that game twice. So I Ooh. guess we just need to find out who the mystery buyer was for the last one. Because I bought it on PC too. But oh man, that game. It's it's so good. The storyline is, you know, obviously what we're here to talk about. Uh but like <laughs> everything about it though was really good. I love the world that it it had for itself going on. That's how you put those words in order. <laughs> yeah, good job, boy. Yeah, but uh, anyway, the story focuses around Trip, and I forget the other character's name at the moment. Monkey. Thank you. Monkey. Thank Monkey. you. Monkey focuses was... around Trip. Monkey is the main character. Well, well, Trip and Monkey. Yeah. Listen, folks, don't try to pretend that you weren't just hypnotized by Trip's don't massive do ass. Yeah, um, right. All right, come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, we were all thinking it. We were. Uh... I was. I was like twelve once. Yeah, right. <laughs> but no, man. Uh, the the um, the emotions that the two go through, as far as not trusting each other at first, and then as the game progresses, they kind of they have to rely rely on each other to survive, and you know get to the end goal. So, for me, like that was just the the big thing that got me with the with the story. It's. I really like the ending of that game because, like, yeah. they they don't win. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's kind of it's kind of left a bit ambiguous. Like, did well, we yeah. do the right thing at the That's end? Which is something I loved one hundred percent. I also I love talking about ambiguity. yeah something you mentioned about the uh, progression. Yes, Byron. Um, like it's also in gameplay. Like towards the beginning, yeah. if he tosses her to a ledge, he's like super rough and like crazy. Right. Yeah. But later on, if he like catches her, he's like you know. Like supportive, like I got you. It's yeah, even yeah. like the little animations and stuff later on, which I thought was just amazing. That was like a that's a, that's a, yeah. It's it's things like that that really help add to like the nuance of characters and to yeah. the storytelling. I yeah, definitely like that. exactly. When you when you start to see that stuff, not only in like in cutscenes but within physical gameplay, then that connects you to those characters more. One hundred percent. But Man, that was so good. <laughs> no, I know, man. No, I'm gonna have to fire that out there again at some point. It was also, it was also like a very like, I, I don't know how to phrase this. It was like a, it's a welcome, uh, like, uh, part of that genre because it's it's post-apocalyptic, but it's really colorful. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Yes. Because like in a, in a time when every single game that came out for the for like next gen next gen systems, I mean three sixty three world, grand brown, looking at you, Fallout three, Gears of War. Yeah, we're just so brown and gray and right. boring to look at. Yeah, that's why it didn't sell. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Too much color. Yeah. 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 They were like, nah, this game our colors in. I don't want that shit. Nah. Yeah. None of that. The cast is so there's such like a like it's only I guess three or four characters in the game as a whole. Mm-hmm. It's 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 like and that, that really kind of took me, is so good. Yeah, that that kind of thing is really good because it gives you a lot more time to sort of focus on the people individually. Yes, you know exactly. I mean? You can do more of that, and you can do less of 
like, oh, you get your own part because you're like a minor sort of character, but not really. And, you know. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Because the whole game is about them. Mm-hmm. Right. And then there's exactly. the big boy later. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think the I think my favorite moment is probably towards the end, where she's like, "I can take off the the headband for you." He's like, "Leave it on." It's like, "Oh man." <laughs> yeah, because that was another part of it too, I believe, right? The uh, the headband thing. Yeah. Because like, yeah, if like, she takes it off, then he like blows up or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. So they're connected, like by that too. Like you need yeah, me, I mean, and I need you. Yeah, and but she like is willingly like. Hey, I'll take that off for you, so that way you won't die if I die. Yeah, exactly. You'll be free. Yeah. Are, are we gonna let that yeah. Pokemon reference just slide? <laughs> yes. Yeah, man. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Baron said, "You need me, and I need you." No. Pokemon. <laughs> but no, man. That was all I had to say about Enslaved. It's it's so good. If you have not played it, you definitely should. Yeah, it's fantastic and it's, it's very so cheap. good. And I'm pretty sure it's backwards compatible. Is it? I'm pretty I, sure it is, but I don't know. Oh, wow, it me, guys. I'll be right back. Just kidding. <laughs> is enslaved backwards compatible? Fun fact: the game was written by Alex Garland, the writer of the it. film yeah. Ex Machina, and yeah. uh, what else? Uh, it just Annihilation just came out recently. Oh, no. yeah. Right. And he plagiarized Sayuki. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm no, pretty sure it's a Netflix one uh, about enslaved Oz to the West. Not enslaved, but Oz to the West on Netflix, like currently. So it's like this story is never gonna like stop being told. Yeah, pretty yeah. Much. I mean, it's like yeah. you know, it's like an ancient fucking yeah, like yeah. Chinese yeah. fable. So yeah, royalty free, but, baby. Uh, yeah, yeah. Exactly. public domain. <laughs> yeah, it is not backwards compatible though. I just checked. Well, um, looks like I have nothing to live for. Let's get <laughs> <laughs> all right, so so it's my turn now, right? Yeah. All right, so my second game here that I would like to talk about is Portal Two. Hey, nice. I, went I have not played that one yet. My I'm original slow. choice is Portal Two, and then I decided that I was going to do Fallout New Vegas, <laughs> and then I decided I was going to do Portal Two again. Okay. <laughs> so, Portal Two is the sequel to the the meme game. The meme game, yeah. The meme game, because, you know, hearing the cake is alive, like, literally uh, 700 times. Yes, yes, right. wasn't enough. <laughs> right. Um, no, Portal Portal 1 is, like, it's, it's a very special game. It's very unique. It's very different. And there's a lot of, like, mystery to it. Because mm-hmm. it's like, wait a sec. Like, as you're going through the game, it's like, what is actually going on here? Yeah. And Portal 2 takes that and just does it infinitely better in my humble opinion because there are literally three characters in portal yeah. 2 who are and only one of them speaks or what excuse me only two of them speak uh wheatley and glados obviously yeah well i mean i guess you could technically say that cave johnson is a character yeah i, I was about to say oh yeah cave johnson my man yeah you know jk simmons the lemons yep. man that's that's right what about like peabody and his other robot friend uh, well i don't care about them because they're not in it until the literally the very, the end, very end and then well, they're just did you, you think play... no no this is the two co-op robots did you not play the co-op mode oh no we no, did, did together 
Yeah, because it's that's like it continues the story after everything that happens with Chell. Yeah, and that part's good too. But I'm just talking about like the the main part. Yeah, the main story for now. Because uh, the some of that writing is literally the best writing I've ever heard in a video game. Fantastic. I think like and maybe it's also just because of how amazing of a voice actor Stephen Merchant is <laughs> but like the first like half hour of that game is like what the hell am I doing right now <laughs> because Stephen Merchant is just so talented and I mean that's again that's not a testament to the writing that's a testament to his he just has amazing depth and range but the writing in that game is like the whole time of Portal 1, you're trying to just complete these tests, and it's whatever, and you complete all the tests, and then you sort of escape, quote-unquote, and yeah. then Glados pulls you back in at the very end. In Portal 2, like it's like people have guessed that it's like a couple hundred years later based on like everything, and it, it's like when the Combine and all that bullshit from Half-Life happened at the same time, so that's going on on the surface, which is kind of cool to think about, because yeah. they are in the same universe. Yeah, that's very true. So, like, the whole time in Portal 2, you're trying to get out. Because, like, in the the back of your mind as the player, you know what's going on out there. But And also as Chell, it's like, she has to know that literally everybody she ever knew is probably dead. Mm -hmm. Because it's been that long. And also there was, like, an alien, like, conquest of the planet. But... You, you, the entire game, you're trying to get out. And then once you get to the very end of the game and you fight, well, spoiler alert, spoiler, bleh, spoiler alert, Christ, you fight Wheatley because he turns out to be the bad guy because he's a moron. That's like literally <laughs> the crux of the game is he's a moron, which is yeah. really funny. But you fight him and then you install GLaDOS back into like the mainframe of Aperture Science. And she's so pissed off that she just wants you to leave. Yeah. Which which is, like, funny. But at the same time, it's like... And she, like, lets you go onto an elevator and leave Aperture Science, and you don't want to leave. Because, like, the, it's one of those things where it's, like, you don't want the story to end. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it's such good writing, and you have such a connection to the characters. Because most of the game you spend with GLaDOS as a potato attached to your attached to the portal gun right and like she's like the antagonist of the first game but in this one she's like trying to help you because she knows that she needs you and vice versa and then by the end of it she just wants you to get the hell out because you've caused more trouble than you're worth and you don't want to leave and i just think that any like any story that takes such a hellish environment and somehow manages to make you not want to leave is really special. Oh yeah, I definitely I agree. Think, I think that's all I have to say about Portal 2. Anybody like to chime in? Well, you know, I was going to say that <clears throat> I thought she didn't just kick her out because she was causing trouble. I thought that it had to do with the, um, what was her name, Caroline? Yeah. Like Because her AI was based on Caroline... And um, what you find out during the game, I thought that it was more that, like she, you know, Gladys was playing it off, 
Like, oh, you, you just break everything, and now I just want you gone. But it was more of the the character uh, AI behind it, and and what that means without being spoiler territory. I mean, that's that's a, that is an excellent point, but. And I like actually I, I agree with that too because you know if you listen to the song like "Want You Gone" yeah. and if you listen to the like the beautiful song in Italian that's being sung to you by Glados at the end of the game as Shell is going up the elevator, like that's it's basically to like what is it? It's to my lovely daughter or something because it, like the 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 lore of the game is basically that Shell is Caroline's daughter, but. Also, GLaDOS deletes the Caroline personality core <laughs> in the game, which I don't know. That might be like just a uh, like a, a thing to mess with Chell or to mess with the player, but I don't know. But yeah, like, I, I, I don't really know if it actually deletes it or not, right? Yeah, but my my original point still stands that it's just like you you don't want to leave, and it's that amazing of a story, and yeah. I think Tyler, that. Um, yeah. Oh, sorry. Oh, I ahead. think that uh, Portal Two is probably one of the only games where the writing was like strong enough to keep me invested in audio logs, <laughs> because like <laughs> with Cave Johnson and all that stuff, it's it's yeah. just sort of the the rise and fall of Aperture Science, uh, like seen through the guy who's on top, and I think that was probably the. Uh, he he was probably one of my favorite characters in the game, but he's not really what he's not even in it. What he's not even yeah. in it physically. Uh, also, because J.K. Simmons just brings like such a a level of um, like humor in yes. these sort of uh, like very <laughs> scientific, yeah, in these very <laughs> scientific and stressful situations that he's sort of you know going through, and he sort of uses humor to cover and cover up for you know the failings and all that stuff, and it's just such a uh yeah johnson was definitely one of my probably one of my of the four characters uh, i love them all and and but, uh, just, he was so good to that end portal 2 does like like i i complain a lot like tyler and i are huge movie fans and yeah. something that bothers us a lot is like inconsistency with tone and you could very easily point to portal 2 and be like well some parts are funny and some parts aren't but it's like yeah. that's not the truth i mean like yeah. Because, like, it, the beginning of the game, you have, like, those really f***ed up hints about, like, Doug Ratman, who I guess is technically a character, too. Like, the the, the only Aperture Science employee who survived GLaDOS purging the place. Right. And, like, his descent into madness. But, like, that, that like, darkness of the game never goes away. Uh-huh. Because even though, like, the things that Cave Johnson is saying is, like, like some of it's, like, ridiculous and it's really funny. Like, the bullshit about the lemons. Like, that's funny. Yeah. But it's if so you funny. really, like, take it in context, it's like, this is kind of disturbing. Yeah. And I, I think that just, it's really hard to pull something like that off. Yeah, and, and, and that, I think Portal 2 really holds up. Yeah. I haven't played it in least four years or five years now but i think it really holds up probably <laughs> I, I i'm sitting here making my little quips and i'm i'm sure you guys know i never play, actually played the game but um but you know i know enough of it from talking with you guys and things of that nature about you know what's going on and that right. comment you made about cave johnson and the lemons thing 
that and that's sort of the descent into madness sort of thing because I, I think you you take that saying normally and it's saying make the best out of a bad situation Johnson is basically saying no that's not how this works at all yeah. and turning it on its head so while it's hilarious it's so true like you know yeah it also speaks to the just the kind of company that aperture science is because they yeah. they literally had something called the take a wish foundation yeah. which is so <laughs> funny and it's, but it's just like one of those things that just adds to the to the lore of the whole story and it's just like aperture science has so much that i just want to be immersed in yeah like that's a game that i would i wish would get a remaster like both yeah. of them because that would be gorgeous in 4k that, that would be so gorgeous in in 4k and High resolution. No, let's go. Doesn't yeah. he ask to speak with Lemon's manager? Yeah. Isn't that what he says? <laughs> yeah, he, he wants to, to speak talk with to Life's manager. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah, no, Life gives you lemons. Yeah. Yeah. He says, demand to speak to Life's manager. I'm going to have to go and find the clip and rewatch it again. Just so I can it's learn. Very good. All right. Tyler, my yes, friend. Tyler. Oh, yes. Um... What is your next game? I, You're up, my guy. Uh, my next game is one that is uh, uh, hot off the presses. Uh, God of War, the newest one, 2018. Uh, I'm going to avoid all spoilers <laughs> in this thing. Um, Boy. Yeah. Sorry. Boy. I'm going to avoid all spoilers <laughs> in this thing. Um, but as someone who is uh, studying screenwriting in the hopes of becoming a screenwriter, doing that for the rest of my life this game hits so many sort of uh like it it does it does everything right in terms of story because it's like kratos uh he was very much sort of um he wasn't a guy with a lot of depth back in the day he only had two things going on he was angry and he lost his family (laughs) right maybe like, like sometimes he'd be sad about that some most of the time he wasn't um but uh in the new one he is very much he still is that guy he's still very angry uh but he's trying to be better and he's trying to sort of teach his son how to not be like him right Um, and uh in terms of like levels of conflict uh you know he has his inner conflict with himself and you know sort of trying to not be a monster all the time because uh his influence his his um experiences with the greek pantheon affects his the way he sees you know midgard and affects the way he you know uh there's one point atreus is like ah you know the fates and like a little optional thing he goes nothing good comes from the fates boy you know and it's like he's talking about the greek guys because he knows nothing about the norse guys you know what i mean right he's sort of he's sort of letting his past color his present um his personal relationship with his son who by the way Every character in this game has their own like distinct way of speaking and their own sort of voice, uh, which is it seems very simple, but in games with like this and games it's very and in movies kind of, um, it's very easy to overlook because sometimes like in, in heavy rain, uh, the characters all kind of they, they all have different voices, but they all sort of speak the same way. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, in this, you know, Kratos is very uh measured and he he's a man of a few words but his son is very he's he's caught up in the wonder of you know the adventure and all that stuff and the other characters serve uh to um 
act as sort of a reflection uh, to Kratos and Atreus. If you've ever loved anyone before in your life, this game will make you feel something at some point. That is just like, uh, that to me is just like, that's that's just a fact. Um, and then there's, you know, just sort of uh, the lore is given in such an organic way. Um, like there's a lot of stuff here. If you know anything about, you know, Norse mythology, um, there's I a do. lot of stuff here which you're going to recognize. There's a lot of stuff here you're going to point out and say, oh, okay, does that mean this is going to happen or this is going to happen or what's up with this? Uh, but... Um, <laughs> Later on, there are okay? characters who yeah. take sort of the game's twist on that lore and express exposition in the form of stories, which is the most, like, it's, it's probably the most organic and natural way to do that because the stories are told in such a way where it's like you get swept up into it. So when you meet a character they're talking about in the story, it's like, oh, I know you. You did this and this and this. Uh, but... um the writing in God of War, and then just after you beat it and you go back, you realize that there are things with the story where, you know, two characters are coming at a situation from two different perspectives. And it's like, oh, that's why he was there. You know, like, this is why he was saying this, and this is what Kratos was thinking, but this other guy was thinking about this, and then they were talking, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but um, I loved it. I could talk about it for the rest of my life. Uh, <laughs> not sure not sure how long I could talk about it without giving anything away. But, uh, <laughs> Man, it's so good. I'm, I'm on my second playthrough now. It's just so good. Ugh. I know. have yet to play it, obviously, but I've uh, my backlog. But question about the the story. Sure. How how does it go about switching from Greek mythology to North mythology? It's just like, oh, hey, we're over here now in the North mythology. Don't worry about anything that happened over here. Um, and yeah, well, ask me that one first, I guess. Yeah. Um. I'll say this, every God of War game starts, you know, with uh, you press start and you're in the game. Uh, this game is just like the other ones in that regard. Okay. Um, but uh, as to how he got from one end of the world to the other, uh, they don't say. Okay. That, that, that's, that's something that's not explored explicitly in this game. They talk uh, about it, but you don't see it or anything like that. Gotcha. I've heard it plays a lot like uh, Rise, Sun of Rome. Nope. That's what I heard, but I'm like, okay, I don't think so. Rise Son of Rome is a bad game. Yeah, this game game. plays... God of War plays a lot like God of War. Like, that is the only way I can describe it. Uh, I switched the buttons up, so I play with the face buttons and not the triggers, because I'm sick and tired of Bloodborne. I played Bloodborne, (laughs) and it's like it kicked my butt. Love Bloodborne, uh, man. um, God of War plays like God of War, and uh, when you... Like, your son is a... Yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah, the son Atreus is a such a critical part to this game on every single like uh, aspect, uh, and also what you're talking about progression with uh, enslaved, like that is in this game just in full mm. force. Like the relationship between Kratos and Atreus at some points affects gameplay. Like in Ooh. combat, I'm like boy, and he just like doesn't listen to me. It's like what is going on? Like, like I am your father. You will listen to me, son. Right. Uh, but um, and also they gave this awesome thing of like, uh, the side quests in the game, and certain like ghosts would be like, hey, you do this for me. Um, and it doesn't feel out of character to say no because you know if you feel like Kratos wouldn't help anybody, you can just walk away. But if it's like if you say yes, it sounds like, what the heck is that about? You hate people. 
And he's like, oh, well, I'm trying to get some loot. So everything in this game is contextualized, which is something like that just blows my mind. Like every single, the violence is contextualized. Uh, in some cases, as Atreus getting over his fear. Uh, the side quests are contextualized as, you know, doing something nice or doing something for a reward. Uh, and it's just it's just such a big game, uh, writing and narrative and storytelling-wise. Oh, man. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, man. I, I can't recommend this game enough. Uh, yeah. I'll get around to it in, like, 2032. <laughs> 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 I have to say that I got the uh, GameStop guy pretty upset when I said God of War was just The Last of Us, but set in mythological time. Okay. Uh, as someone who has played The Last of Us about five times in a row... <laughs> This is The Last of Us, but better. <laughs> Hands down. Hands well, down. Yeah, because you got the young character that you have to keep alive. You know, you're both sporting scruffy beards. <laughs> there's, uh, there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say that's where they end, though. Because The Last of Us, to me, is a game that has a really good story, but keeps forgetting that it's a game. Because there are moments in The Last of Us where you're running around and it's like, oh, here comes the ATV. It's a Naughty Dog game. You ready for the armored truck? And it's like, where is this coming from? Like, I was just bonding with Ellie about an orphanage or whatever. Like, why, why, are we, why am I getting thrown into this combat scenario? Every, the uh, I almost said The Last of Us. God of War, on the other hand, is like, it's so yeah, One of those games is good. Yeah, yeah, the difference is one of them is awesome. Uh, but um, God of War is so perfectly paced, like everything about it from like gameplay and story-wise. I've never, I never once, like at one point I was like, oh, is this the end of the game? And it's like, nope, you get to keep playing. It's like, oh my God, thank you. Like, you know what I mean? Uh, everything, <laughs> yeah. is so, everything is so perfectly placed. Nothing feels out of place in this game in terms of like moment to moment sort of uh, combat or uh, exploration and stuff like that. So there's no mushroom zombies? Uh, no. Can confirm, no Mushroom Zombies. Well, no, I'm not I playing actually, it. I'm, I'll actually play this one, then, because yeah, those folks, things, bro. Folks, better uh, sell your, cancel your pre-orders now. <laughs> no cordyceps. Folks. Yeah. I, I, man, I'm sorry, you got me in Last of Us, man, I can't. I can't. I can never finish it. Good. The gameplay, the gameplay, <laughs> like, no, no. I was annoyed with the clickers. Yeah. Annoyed. Yeah, The Last of Us is unforgiving for no reason. It's like I don't sneak through a stealth section to get outed for as a reward. You know what I mean? Yeah. Wait a second. You get, yeah. You get it's poor end. game design. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. You're right. On topic. Ken. Because this yeah. is my show. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, it's your show now. Yeah, That's right. Go ahead. Just run the show. Sam is the captain, though. I am. <laughs> Sorry. Um, Go ahead. But no, the second game, uh, we're going to do a trifecta here because uh, what I really love the story for is the Batman Arkham series. Ooh, nice. And yeah, now granted, I feel like Arkham Asylum just kind of played it safe. Like they just kind of did. You know, did a thing. But after that, with Arkham City. And Arkham Knight, like those the gloves came off, man. Yeah, they they completely blew me away. By the end of Arkham City, I, I was like, "What the hell just happened?" Yeah, like seriously, I 
I did not expect that because I expected them to play it safe again. You know, I didn't expect them to take it where they did. Mm-hmm. And when they um, brought him back in Arkham City, you know, as an illusion of the mind. <laughs> you mean at night? Yeah, that's what I meant. Yeah, I got you. I just wanted to clarify to our noble listeners. Yeah. But in Arkham Knight, when they brought him back, like that just threw me for a loop again because I was sure that they was either going to play that he wasn't dead or they was going to play that he was dead, but there was nothing to do about it. And so, because they'd, they'd already said, like, Mark Hamill was done playing the Joker. He wasn't going to do any more Joker games or movies or whatever. And so he was done being the voice. And so I kind of expected, well, that would make sense they kill off the Joker so that he doesn't have to do the voice and surprise here's the Joker and here's Mark Hamill doing the voice of the Joker. So I really think it it's super exceptional writing. Like I'm, I, it's so good that I can't wait for what Rocksteady's doing next. Yeah. Like I'm still waiting for that next project because they haven't announced whatever they're doing uh, after Arkham Knight. And Can he... I provide a challenge? You want to provide a challenge? <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, I think that Arkham Knight is nowhere near as good as City. Mm-hmm. I think it's a very pretty game. I think it's a stunningly pretty game, actually. Um, I think it's fun, but I think narratively it is way too all over the place. No. And I think it kind of on the like the, the I think it should have just ended after City. To be completely honest, and I would disagree I've been with you that because I don't want to have to drive, drive the damn Batmobile we'll around for five thousand hours. That's true. Fight tanks like all the time. But you don't like driving a wheelchair on ice. <laughs> <laughs> Recycled boss fights. Oh, cool! Yeah. I'll do this again. Uh, yeah. Y'all want to fight... fighting Deathstroke in a yeah, tank? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you want to fight the best? You want to see the uh, the world's two greatest hand-to-hand combatants go at it in tanks? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and you know I can't get uh, too on them because I mean, what what do you add after City? Like, what more do you do? They made the world I mean, bigger. Maybe they just shouldn't have made it then. I don't know because I I really love the story. Like, if we don't talk about gameplay, we're just talking about stories here. Um, I really feel like the story is, is that much better. I mean, we get to see the killing shot acted out in real time. You know? Like, that sort of stuff is just like a, a complete mind bender uh, for but, me. But I mean, I already, I already read that in a comic book, though. You, you know what I mean? You don't want to watch it on the big screen? No, I did that too, actually. I saw the killing joke in, in the theater and it was bad. <laughs> yeah, but that that was uh, that's DC and their cartoon crap. Oh. I, I don't watch any of their stuff because it's like it's like people that got fired or couldn't get hired at Marvel. They just go and work for DC. Yikes! Shots fired. Yeah. Yikes! That's Yikes. quite an opinion to have. It's it's true. Shots <laughs> fired, man. Yeah, that's that's why Justice League Doom is really bad, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Batman Year One and all of those other Batman animated stuff. I but believe we're less... here to talk about uh, yeah. storytelling <laughs> video games. Yeah. But no, it it just um the whole series is great. Um and I kinda feel like for me 
City still played it safe up until the end, like where they uh, completely destroyed the whole perspective of, of what they should do. And I, I still liked Arkham Knight. Like, it was one of my favorite games. You know, as, as far as the gameplay goes, yeah, it wasn't the greatest, but I still liked the story. You know, they, they added a bigger maps, and you kind of could go to any story you wanted to so that you could kind of complete it at your own pace. But, yeah, I still think it was really great. Yeah, I mean, I, I liked all of that stuff. Like, I liked... I mean, I also let me let me hang on a second. I don't think that City played it safe, really, because it starts with Bruce Wayne literally being in prison. Like yeah. you, you, and you're playing yeah. as him too. So it's not like you're watching it in a cutscene. You're right, and you know you're without a bat suit for a while. You just have to beat up a bunch of like ugly men who are all voiced by Nolan North. Yeah. <laughs> and you got to beat up Penguin, who's also voiced by Nolan, well, Nolan North. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Man, I, I need to go like play I that said, game like, again. <laughs> I really I really like Arkham Knight. I had a really good time playing it and I replayed it a couple of times and I, I loved playing it, but like the just all the like the, oh man. It's like yeah. wow, gee, I wonder if this is Jason Todd. Yeah. I don't know. It just I don't think the narrative for that game is like it's it's like they, they shouldn't have had the Joker in it because I think that took a lot away from what they were trying to do because they they it, it arkham city was very much about the relationship between batman and the joker and like how far he was like either of them was willing to go for the other in a way but and knight was supposed to be batman after that and even though he is dealing with the loss of the joker because that you know that's a very deep nuance to use that word again relationship that has been explored in countless different ways yeah. yeah it's to to like to have that as something they're trying to do on the side that also complements the main story i think was just too much yeah, it's like you can, you can have him grieve and mourn for the joker but you don't have to have joker in it like when he like appears in like the towards the beginning in like the chamber or whatever mm-hmm. it's like what like my reaction wasn't like wow it's the joker my reaction was what is going on yeah that was mine too i'll be honest with you it was <laughs> like a good reaction i was like why am i like, yeah. hallucinating and then and then you gotta set him on fire which was pretty awesome yeah like i was fine with that <laughs> but yeah like i wish they kept it to just that yeah the thing with the the, the thing with the joker um and sort of the the narrative of arkham knight for me was that paul dini the guy who wrote the animated series and created Harley Quinn and all that stuff, he wrote Arkham Asylum and Arkham City. He did not write Arkham Knight. And no. for me, I think it kind of shows because it's sort of trying to do a lot. And uh, the writing, it doesn't have as much, like the dialogue doesn't have as much personality as it did. Uh, um, the whole thing, the twists with the Arkham Knight and his identity, I think was just like, the world's longest stretch like call it reed richards because here comes the stretch <laughs> uh, and it's um uh i think that the whole thing with uh with uh the joker um the if, yeah the, the giggle, <laughs> the man, giggle man, man i think the giggler is that um it's the new name uh i think it was i think it was weakened by having him on arkham knight i think it would have been more profound if he just stayed dead 
but you know, and and then in, in the sense of bringing him back, they just sort of punch a big plot hole into Arkham City, uh, involving you know the cure he gets from Rayshagul or whatever. Uh, it's like, did it not work? You know, <laughs> like right, if he's yeah. still seeing this, then what's the deal? Yeah, um, because and if it didn't work, I don't mean to interrupt you, but if it didn't work, then why didn't we see that in City? Yeah, exactly. It, yeah, exactly. It, or even it, have a hint of it at the beginning of Night. Yeah, yeah. It just seemed like it was like a not necessarily an afterthought, but it was like just like a quick like, oh, we should put the Joker in. It's like, yeah. like they like they say in the in the famous 1993 film Jurassic Park, you got so excited knowing that you could that you didn't stop and wonder if you should. Mm-hmm. Right. So I'll I'll counter there because I kind of gotta disagree. Um, I feel like without the Joker. Um, in Arkham Knight, that the story is just kind of bland, honestly. Like, he, he adds that kind of spice to it. And while having these uh, normies turn into the Joker, um, I thought that that was stupid. Okay, that's, that's where I draw the stupid line. <laughs> but um, having uh, the Joker kind of be inside Batman... And getting his his quips, you get like the Joker side of what Batman sees. You know, you kind of get that analog of what's going on, and that's what I loved. Like every time the Joker started talking, I was like, you know, waiting, and I wanted to listen to what he said. You know, like when they was having the the part where the Joker's beating up uh, Todd or the Robin, and right. then the Joker quips in about. Oh how he's he's not gonna survive that, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like like that sort of stuff was was great, and that's what I loved, um, you know, to and just and especially the I end. Agree with that. Yeah, I just that it should be one or the other. Mm. Like it shouldn't it shouldn't be that and like the bullshit about Scarecrow. the Arkham Knight, yeah, and Scarecrow or whatever. It should just be Batman had like if if the whole game was about Batman having to deal with that, like in his own way and like not have to worry about the Arkham Knight and like his like, you know, Jack booted Nazi buddies, like being like walking around Gotham and seizing the city. Like if it was singularly about Batman having to deal about deal with the Joker, I think it would have been a much better game because I liked, like you said, except for the, the parts with like the people turning into the, the like Joker. Yeah. Thing. That was a little too much. But like, I, I think that it, it, it worked. It was just that everything in a total package for the game was a little too much. Like there yeah, was because, way too much going on. Yeah, I was just gonna say there's so much going on because you've got yeah. Batman dealing with the Joker, but he's also got to deal with the Arkham Knight, and those two stories um, existing at the same time just it compounds things a little bit. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, so I mean, I, I I like I like the game and I like the story as well, but. Like you said, I think it should be one or the other. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you can, I think though, you can still have the story about you know Batman dealing with the Arkham Knight while still while still like uh, dealing with the Joker's loss, but you know not so profoundly, I guess. Yeah, it shouldn't like you know they I mean? shouldn't be like like because the way the game does it is like. It's like those two things are constantly battling each other in the game's right. narrative when, structure when for they like supremacy. Be. Exactly, because the story should be focused on the Arkham Knight because that's the big baddie of the game. Yeah, and you can still have your little Joker parts in there. 
Yeah, it's not called Batman Joker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Batman, Batman Arkham Joker. Yeah. Batman Arkham Patient. <laughs> yeah. But um let's uh Yeah, I was gonna say yeah, let's uh go ahead and move on to my next one. And then we can just finish it up with the one that we all chose for the last one. Yeah. So my second one is the Mass Effect trilogy. Hey. Uh, I'm, I'm doing the trilogy. I had spoken to Tyler and Sam about it off, off air earlier in the day, about right. what I was going to choose my stories and stuff. And both both you and Sam said, why don't you just do two? Because two is a better game, better you know story or whatever, or better game. And I'm like, well, I like two over the other ones, mm-hmm. like more. But if you, I think I think you're doing yourself a disservice. If you don't talk about all of them and how they connect together, one hundred percent. Which is why I decided to do the trilogy because I've said it before on previous podcasts, but I just kind of picked up Mass Effect, you know, in the bargain bin, just sort of found it. For I was like, oh, Mass Effect, this looks pretty good, pretty cool. Let me which check is usually it out. never a good thing, <laughs> right? But but you know, pick it up. I'm like, okay, I like space, I like sci-fi, I'm into it. Cool. Started playing, and I'm like, oh, it's so good. And then it just kept getting better as it went along. I'll get to the ending of three here at once we get once we get closer to the end of the of the conversation. But um just like there's so much about it um that I love. And me and Tyler and um Ken, we can all sort of talk about it as we go along here. But I think one of my favorite things that I love about the game is the characters and how they're all connected to each other and Shepard as well yeah um i think that uh i i I gotta know ken how did you find out about mass effect um well i actually worked at walmart at the time it came out so i kind of already knew about it Hmm. and uh, i think i waited to buy it on the pc um and that's how i i first got it okay yeah because i'm I'm thinking oh sorry go ahead well i i didn't even pick up uh, two and three until like years later when they added them to backwards compatibility. Oh yeah. And, and Byron was like, we should play. No, so yeah, cause like, I think okay. that was around the same time me and you had met and maybe a little after. Mm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Cause I'm, I'm thinking <laughs> I haven't met a single person who has played mass effect through word of mouth. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah. like just, just from, uh, from mass effect one on. Cause I, I picked it up, uh, I picked up like a like a collector's edition with like the N7 on the oh, on the box, nice. and yes. I had no idea what this game was. <laughs> uh, and then I played it. I remember seeing clips of it on like G4 or something, but I had no idea what it was. And I played it, and uh, I loved it. You know, like Mass Effect One. Uh, although although all the games sort of have their flaws, um, it's 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 like we're like you were saying earlier, Byron. It has a special place in my heart. Like the <laughs> The characters, um, I, like I'm, I'm playing through all of them again, so I just beat Mass Effect One, oh. uh, Mass Effect Two. The characters are, um, everybody has something going on, which I think is so kind of important. Everyone has something going on, and the things they have going on are um, important, personal. Yeah, personal. They're all, they're all yeah. personal. Uh, you know, you can say about every Bioware game, but I think in Mass Effect, I think it grounds it because you know you're not like the uh, the Inquisitor, who is in, in Dragon Age Inquisition. Who yeah. is kind of just sort of like this blank slate, and Mass Effect, right. uh, you you get to decide sort of 
who your shepherd is and all that stuff and actually matters it matters i think a lot more than it did in dragon age inquisition uh because i remember mass effect one like i talked down a woman from like you know dying because we we're from like the same colony or something yeah. you know it's like it's little things like that that sort of put you in the world and make right. you feel like you're a part of things that have happened and will happen Yes, and um, can I just say real quick, Mass yeah. Effect 1 does such a good job of introducing you to the overall world. Yeah, yeah, like, definitely. Like, it really, really does. And let's not forget that the codex in the game is fully voiced for the most part. Yeah. Uh, you know, that does a good job, too, of, again, just helping you learn more about the world. That was that guy who was, like, every single codex page. Yeah, yeah. Um, Mass Effect. Mass Effect 1 is a really great first chapter. Uh, yeah. Just like, just in terms of, like, even Saren, like, as the antagonist. Yeah. Like, he, thinks he's, he thinks he's doing the right thing until, you know, he, he's gone too far and all that stuff. Like, right. I, I just yeah. loved, I, I loved, uh, I loved a lot of things on Mass Effect 1. I liked, I didn't like a lot of things about it, too. But uh, we're here to celebrate <laughs> Mass Effect with our brothers and sisters. Uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, uh, everybody, who's your favorite romance option? Go. Oh man, why are you doing I this? I didn't to play me? this game. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Put him on the spot. <laughs> right? You did. You really did. Can I because, say Cortana? Because... Would that be okay? Uh, <laughs> not okay. No, it would not. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um... Did you mean Edie? <laughs> no, no. Well, I only yeah, no. I've only really played the first Mass Effect and mm. a little bit of Andromeda. I haven't played two or three. Okay. So. Who's Romance in one though? If you got that far, yeah. I don't remember her name, but I think it was the the chick with the like? purple. Was she the alien? <laughs> was yeah. she the alien was she with the, the purple fin thingy? Oh yeah, Liara. Liara. Sure, I'll Dr. take your. Liara to yeah. Sony. If that's yeah. what you say. Our sure. blue goddess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I um, I oh, actually romance talent. Isn't, isn't she only like two hundred years old though? Yeah. Like, only. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's how they that's how they do it in the game yeah, like yeah, she's, she's like yeah, she's, she's like really young yeah, yeah she's really young when they when we first start the journey which is kind of cool too but back to your romance question tyler i romance tally but and i've done multiple one? i both and two? two and yes two and okay. i carry over three so yeah um but i did multiple playthroughs and i did romance jack in one of them as oh, yeah. well yeah i, I love jack yeah, I'm 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 going full psychopath on this one because uh, on this playthrough I have like five different save files set up for like different romances, and I'm like I'm gonna lose my mind playing this. What the? F yeah, I'm I'm I'm, I'm losing my mind. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm a crazy person. Uh, but uh, yeah, Liora, I think. Next game. Oh my god. No, I think uh, just just last thing about you talking about the trilogy. I think out of all of the characters, Liora has the best sort of progression. Uh, out of yeah. all three of them, she like does. That. I like Tally's progression too, though. Hmm. But That's I like Tally's Joker. What's up? <laughs> I said, I said uh, the I best romance is Joker. <laughs> Joker is good. I like it. That's all I uh, if game. only Great. I could have. Yeah, you want to romance Seth Green? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Man, that, that guy is hot. <laughs> <laughs> With two T's. Yeah, but, but no. Um, just to to move it a little forward here, get towards the uh, ending of the of the trilogy. Um, it, it it's it sparks a really interesting conversation because 
people always say, I didn't like it because, you know, it felt like my choices didn't matter and all that stuff. And I get it. Like, I, I totally get why they feel that way. But for me, that said something else. And I think I've said this to all of you guys at one point or another. To me, it said that no matter what you do, you can be the most prepared that you possibly can be. Sometimes it doesn't matter. Mm. And for me, that's more powerful than anything else. Because I'll tell you what, I would have been pissed if Shepard just magically found a way to beat the Reapers. But I'll be honest with you, I didn't think we were going to win going into three. But there's no way. There's no way we're going to win. I don't see it happening. I was hoping they weren't going to go the route. And I was happy that they that they didn't. Well, some theorists say that he was trying to be indoctrinated. And that that's what you see in the ending. Uh. Which which Mass one? Effect the one 3. where you do all the uh, where you do all red, the blue uh, or green? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah which yeah. one? Yeah. Red, blue, yeah. or green? Which one? Well, no. So <laughs> what I've read, as far as series theories go, like all of those endings are uh, him being indoctrinated, and depending on which one you went with, depends on if he actually survived that or didn't, and that that's what those endings are. Like, hmm. like I said, I've, I've not played them, so I can't really elaborate more on it. That's just what I've read, is that people think that there's a point in the game where he meets up with, like, the Geth or whatever, and he's being, he, from that point on, the game gets kind of weird, and they think that he's in the indoctrination process. That's kind of, that's a cool thing to think about, though, for sure. Yeah. But I, I don't know, Tyler. Do you do you have any thoughts about the, like the overall ending of the trilogy? Because like I said, it's an interesting conversation to have. Um, I didn't like how I did not like how I was uh, choose a color. But since it was choose a <laughs> color, I was very happy I got to go out my way. Yeah. Uh, very true. I like choosing yeah. my favorite color. Yeah, me too. <laughs> yeah, I was like, oh, I want to choose blue. I like blue. Blue's my favorite yeah. color. But I went, I went yeah. with red. I had to go red. Like if we, if we, if we, all these people who died, like I can't not go red, you know what I mean? I gotta end this. Right, exactly. Because I believe in my first, very first place, the first pure Paragon playthrough, I ended up choosing red at the end. The council can kiss my. Oh, that's Renegade. Never mind. <laughs> the council can kiss my ass. <laughs> God, I love that. Renegade Shepherd is so much fun, bro. Oh um, man! But, the di- but, go ahead. No, go ahead. Okay. Oh my God. Uh, the dialogue options in Mass Effect One, I think, are kind of the most vague. Where it's like the paragon, like the middle one is like it says like "hello," and he's like, yeah. "Hey, I hate you." It's like I didn't say that. Like, what, like, what are you doing? Yeah. Uh, but no, sorry. Go ahead. Um, the uh, Shepherd's uh, progression, though, because you know you start out as just. You know, a dude who's getting into the N7 and all that stuff, and it just sort of becoming a specter and all that stuff. You get to watch him grow and all the characters uh, overall grow. And I think everyone's best friend is Garrus. Yeah. Everyone's best friend. Like, that's, that's the whole right boy. Yeah. Like, even even when I'm playing as a female shepherd, like, for some reason I can't. Bring myself to romance him just because I've always what? seen him in that light. I don't know why. Like, it, did that's you put just Garrus me. in the friend zone? I didn't, but I'm, but I'm saying like I, I oh can't. My God. I can't. <laughs> I personally just because I, I view him as this best friend that I've known for years because of all you the other. Literally, um, you literally, you literally friend zone Garrus. Garrus. I can't believe. Like, 
you know. <laughs> I'm, I'm hanging up. <laughs> <laughs> Might be. Jack, please. <laughs> but, Byron, you know. Byron, please, can we talk about the next game? Yes, we actually can, because I was kind of done with it. All right, good. Can I announce it? Because... Yeah. <laughs> well, it is my turn to go anyway. This is a series that has been around for 11 years at this point. Yep. And even though I just got into it 11 months ago, <laughs> I have played through the last entry of this series literally six times to completion. In 11 months, that means like 120 hours, roughly, each time of my life that I'm never getting back. <laughs> and uh, what I'm talking about is, of course, The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt. Love hey. it. Love that game, man. This is a game that Tyler uh, talked about at me for a very long time, and I was like, <laughs> fantasy is gay. I think both at you to it. Yeah. It. And I don't like fantasy. I, I think fantasy <laughs> is very difficult to do because it's very difficult for me to give a about a world that I don't like live in, necessarily. Yeah. Like that doesn't have, like like I can care about like a, a world in a comic book because it's still my world. Mm -hmm. But that's anyway. Our oh, world. Anyway, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, Gotham finally. doesn't exist. Gotham <laughs> is real and it's strong and it's my friend. Uh, anyway, so The Witcher Three is a game that Tyler, my 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 best buddy, right here. Hello. He bought it for me. He bought me the complete edition, and it was like eighteen dollars. Yeah, and it's the best gift I've ever received in my life, and it ruined my life. Also, <laughs> you're welcome. It yeah. almost ruined my relationship. <laughs> it, it, it didn't actually almost ruin my relationship, but she was sick of me playing it all the time, <laughs> and she like got kind of like passive aggressive <laughs> almost when <laughs> she's gonna be listening to this later, which is funny. Um, <laughs> I could tell behind her eyes that she was not happy when I said I wanted to play it again. Behind her eyes there was I pain. can see it in your eyes you're angry. What? Okay, it, anyway. It, it's a Drake song. Okay. God's yeah. plan. <laughs> uh, Witcher 3. The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt is um, my favorite game of all time. Um, and since Byron and Tyler here have also chosen it as one of their three games I think the three of us should just have a collective, you know, jerk sash about it. <laughs> I'm fine with that. You always I, are. I never, yeah, if I've only you know played it. Witcher 2, can I jerk in with you? Yeah, sure. Yeah, please, of course. Oh, you can always, you can always jump into the, to the jerking session. Okay, <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so, um, I'll go ahead and get started, I guess. <clears throat> so, The Witcher 3, it, it's I, I never played the first one, but the second one and the third one. So it brings it brings everything to, you know, to a nice little point, especially with Geralt, too. Uh, Geralt's progression from two to three. And it's just, I can't put it into words right now, honestly. Um, but I just love it so much. So if someone else wants to take over, and I'll jump in when I can. Just let Tyler and I talk. <laughs> <laughs> Tyler, you guys probably put it, in, put it in better words than I can, honestly, so... Tyler, go. Oh, sorry about that. Um, Witcher 3, <laughs> I actually wrote something up for this one. Uh, I, have about, I have several points I'd like to get to okay. uh, involving the story of this game. Uh, Witcher 3, I got it in 2015, back when the little mobile game was out with it. 
<laughs> um, and it is one of the best. It's probably the best game I've ever played in my entire life. Uh, I think with the issue with most fantasy stories is that there's a tendency to put the fate of the world like at stake and make the protagonist like this prophesized hero um, yeah. who's going to you know who's going to kill the dark lord along with his band of plucky friends and they'll save right. the day until the next chapter rolls around and then yeah um, it's very there's a, there's a long and... forgotten evil who comes back but Witcher three is it one of those games uh I'll do the fate of the, the world yeah yeah while the uh the fate of the world is kind of at stake with like the wild hunt and all that that's not what the game's about the game is very much about you know Geralt, who is essentially uh like a supernatural janitor like if you think about it all he does is sort of run around in sewers and like kill drowners uh like he's 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 not really built to sort of you know save the world and you know he he really doesn't um but i think that uh Geralt's and sort of where he is in the story and sort of being able to inhabit him just really gave me uh, and still gives me like probably one of the greatest senses of agency I've ever had in a video game. Because you sort of get to decide who your Geralt is in this I'm one. nodding my head. Um, because like Byron and I talked about this before uh, and my brother and I talked about it as well. My brother, he said that Geralt doesn't have emotions. Um, that's just the way he sees his Geralt. Uh, I've had friends who kill every monster they come across, sentient or not. I do not play Geralt that way. Uh, Me neither. Okay. Yeah, the game lets you sort of decide who he is in terms of, you know, do you kill non-hostile monsters? Are you compassionate? Are you is, are you gloomy? Uh, do you get involved in politics? You know, are you neutral? Um, and all of these things uh, play into the game. You know, there are quests that even just sometimes branch off of a choice you made or a dialogue thing you said. Um, some of these quests, like the politic, I, political ones, uh, play into the ending of the game. Um, can I piggyback real quick? Go ahead. Just to the, to that degree, you, you were probably about to talk about this, but the, they added it with one of their, like, literally like 20 or something free, uh, DLCs that they had for the game. They added a quest called Skellige's Most Wanted. Right, right, right. Yeah, Skellige, which is you know a place in the game. It's like one of the one of like the big regions that you can go to, and in Skellige's most wanted, you are literally like a bunch of sentient monsters try to kill you, and then you can talk to them, and then you decide what you're going to do. But you can basically you if you I mean if you really want to. You can just murder all of them, or you can talk to them and be like, look, I'm not like the threat that you think I am. Like, I've helped monsters before, and it's all based on how you play your Geralt. And then you have to, and then it, call, it brings up like a list of dialogue options, and it's like all of the monsters that you've helped. So, like, if you've helped none, then there's none there. If you've helped like three or four, then they're there. And I just, that's just like a very special kind yeah. of relationship to have that, with the character that blew my mind i wasn't expecting skellige's most wanted at all when i first played yeah. it um and then there's sort of like the thing with the npcs in that uh in some cases they'll remember what you say and they'll sort of throw it back at you uh or they'll you know reference it again um and with i'm thinking there's uh the order in which you what's that I might be able to help if it's like a specific thing in the yeah, game. No, the, uh, the way, the order in which you choose to play the game, the game sort of gives you a way to play it in terms of quests. Uh, 
but you can just sort of say, you know, forget that, I'll do what I want. And the game will adapt to that. So if you sort of, if you go to Novigrad before, if you don't go to Novigrad, uh, and then you go to Skellige instead after doing Velen, and you talk to Yen, she's like, oh, how's Novigrad? And go to be like, I don't know, because you haven't gone there. You know what I mean? It's just little things like that that very much make the game your story. Yeah. Uh, so two people who play the game are not going to have the same experience despite going through the same exact sort of paces. Um, I just love this game, man. The game, it's like, what, 11 years worth of uh, lore and like several wow. books and all that. Well, I mean, and at then, that point, it was like, well, I mean, yeah, I guess if you're counting the books. Then yeah, 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 with the books and the games and all that. And this game is still like, like I, I got about halfway through Witcher 2 and then I just stopped playing it because it just it didn't have its hooks in me. I was playing it out of obligation, not really out of like any sort of attachment. But like sort of getting into Witcher 3, this is the, for the amount of stuff going on in this game, <laughs> this is the most accessible video game I've ever played in terms of lore, especially with fantasy. Because you meet everybody up front. It'd be one thing if the Emperor wrote you a letter and said, hey, go do this and find me Cirilla, you know? But you go and you meet him. You get a chance to assess him for yourself and say, do I like this guy? You know what I mean? And then you kind of get to decide. Uh, it, it's like that with everybody, too. Like, every single major player in the game, you meet face-to-face. And you sort of get to decide how much you're going to put into your relationships with them. Um... The cast of characters is awesome. Like, I can't, I can't, um, I'm not going to get too deep into that because I'll just talk forever like I'm doing now. But um, the characters are all, everybody has something, everybody is not who they appear to be. Uh, like, like, there's Dandelion, who's sort of this big idiot, but sort of looking around his tavern, you see that there are notes that he has, like, you know, several, like, degrees at a college or something. He's a professor, and he uh, he he essentially he th- he he throws himself into danger to save uh, Siri. Um, he's also like really smart, but uh, it's just sort of everybody has something going on under the surface, and uh, it, it it's one of those cases of um, character is what you do, not you know what you say. You know what I mean? Uh, and uh, I think that's all I had to say about it. I really love this game, and I'm probably gonna play it when we get done. I would like to agree (laughs) (laughs) because um, yeah, just everything that Tyler said is like 100% correct. It's just like there's, there's, I've never played a game with so much attention to detail. Yes, bro. It's like the, like the smallest things. And I really love that Geralt is not like, he's, he's not, it's, he's, the game's not about not your, the like, fate of the realm. Like, fantasy stories that are about the fate of the realm. Because it's like, why the hell should I care about the realm? The, Geralt's story is very much about finding Ciri. Yeah, the other stuff is just secondary. Yeah. yeah. Wait, and I thought his whole deal was about finding Yennefer. Uh, that's yeah. the very beginning that's, of the game. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but that's like the beginning from The Witcher. Of the original Witcher, you mean? Yeah, like his whole thing, because he lost his memory. Yeah. And that's the whole thing in Witcher 2, is he gets his memory back. Yeah, and then, and then the beginning of Witcher 3, they reunite. He reunites. Yeah, right, yeah. yeah like, you mean like, yeah, like right. right off the bat. Yeah. yeah. In fact, yeah, that's like, where the book there. ends, 
with the the retelling of the the wild hunt that's where the books end and the games mm-hmm. pick up after that yeah the the books end with don't the books end with siri like riding on to like to camelot i'm pretty sure right or am i incorrect that's how one of them ends i thought it ended with Geralt uh assumedly dying and the wild hunt taking um yennefer off to wherever yeah yeah and then but but siri takes Geralt and yen to the isle of avalon to like (laughs) where they were what do they say where apples where apple trees bloom eternal and then uh siri rides around with sir galahad or whatever it's something weird it's 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 something like that like exactly like that and that's why i remember it so like stupidly (laughs) (laughs) but you know one thing i wanted to talk about because uh i didn't play witcher 3 like i still have it's somewhere here sealed up Mm -hmm. Uh, like i haven't gotten to it i even bought something someday yeah well i even bought like the dlc for it and i still haven't opened up the game uh because I, I do like the Witcher series. And I agree Witcher 2 is kind of slow, but it's still pretty great uh, in, in what it has uh, yeah. going for it, you know. But Witcher 3, what I did see and what makes me love it even more is that there is a DLC uh, quest you have where you go off to fight um, the... I think it's like a group of cultists or whatever. And oh, uh, that one, yeah. their acronym is uh, uh, DRM. <laughs> yeah. And like you have to fight um, DRM. And... Oh, wait. Are you talking about the, the tower That's out the... of nowhere? Yes, I think yeah. so. It's, it's yeah. not a cult, but it's like, yeah, but I, like you're yeah. basically correct. It's like, like a. <laughs> a, a, um, a mage like accidentally transports an entire tower onto an <laughs> yeah. island in Skellige, and the only way he can get it off is if you get Gottfried's uh, Omni Opening Grimoire, which stands for GOG, like right. GOG.com. Right. Yeah. Good old which game. is extremely yeah. funny. <laughs> yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, and it's like it's the something something Magicon, and it's DRM. Yeah. 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 There's a lot of little bits in there like that. Yeah, yeah I love like... that because that's what CD Projekt Red, the company, they hate DRM. They've publicly mm-hmm. said that they hate it. They don't want it. They want to get rid of it. Um, even if people pirate their games, they don't care. Uh, they don't like DRM. They don't want it. CDPR and... is by the people for the people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. definitely. That's why I'm excited for their new cyber game. What's it called? Cyberpunk 2077. Yeah. I'm excited for that. Yeah, yes, that's going to be. It's uh, officially backed by the Polish government, so which is yeah. just funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're like, we're taking this thing serious, guys. We're going big time. Yeah, but the, the Witcher Three is just like it's. I, I like a very good friend of mine. He he plays like a lot of he plays Destiny and he plays Monster Hunter and he he plays these games because he like he really appreciates like getting new equipment. Which is like, you know, that's why a lot of people play games like that with like right. loot based shooters. I don't know if they have a name specifically, but like illegal I mean, soon. <laughs> yeah, right. Borderlands. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like like I understand like people who like games like that because you like the grind, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm the type of person where I will play Witcher Three probably until like I don't know, for 
as long as I can because I the story is just so satisfying to me. Like I get such a satisfactory feeling after I feel or after I finish the narrative and like at the very end of Blood and Wine, which is the last DLC for Witcher, he like like at the very end of it, Geralt like turns and looks at the camera and smiles and then it goes black. Oh, that's great. It's okay. It's, oh yeah, sorry. No, it's okay. That's not a big deal. For you know something you didn't play when it came out. <laughs> I did. I'm just slow. Oh my god, is he slow? Because I'm doing like I'm doing like all the side quests and stuff and and yeah. playing forty other games. Yes, but I know that but, no, but it's funny you mentioned the whole thing, the whole comparison between looter shooters and some 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 like The Witcher. Uh, I will always go back to the story based uh, games, you know. Mm-hmm over over something like like a destiny or something like that just because well like you were saying it gives a fulfillment which is why i went back to mass effect so many times yeah, yeah that fulfillment of you know doing this for the bazillion time but it still feels good to do it that makes sense yeah, yeah. i think that uh uh, not not. This is probably gonna be the last thing I say about if I. This is about the only thing I'm guessing about Witcher's gameplay, is that it's probably the only game. Uh, this also ties into its storytelling, also. So why not? Um, the only game that's made me care about a bunch of ones and zeros, like in terms of like the monsters and stuff, because like when you walk into a situation, if you faced a noon wraith before, you kind oh, yeah. of know what to look for. And yeah. you go, oh, this is a noon wraith. And go, it's like a noon wraith. And it's like, whoa, I'm so smart. Right. Like, and like, oh, oh. Yeah. yeah. Yes, like, the yes. truth is, it's all, it's all you know, um, it's all by design. Uh, but the game never treats you like you're stupid. The game will always put down in the little mystery segments, it's always going to put down little breadcrumbs and say, what do you think happened? Uh, mm-hmm. And in some cases, uh, like with, uh, there's a rogue witcher you meet later on. In some cases, you yeah, yes. what you decide what what your oh no the other one what your uh conclusion what? is is fact <laughs> so you know it's like yeah. you better you better make yeah. the right oh. choice if exactly. you make that yeah so uh yeah it's like it's it's just the amount of control they give the player in that game I just, uh, over, over the story is just really impressive i just thought about lambert like speaking very quietly and then going where's the ad Carradine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah because it, it for me, one of my favorite things I love about RPGs is the player choice and how that can affect the world around you. Mm-hmm. And what I love about The Witcher is that there really is never a good or bad option. Right. There's always some There's sort of gray in horse. Yeah. And, you know, with a lot of choices you make in that game, you know, it's just... Again, the, 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 the gray. But it's just all gray. All of it. Yeah. So, yeah. I think we've uh, talked the whole thing out, though, I believe. I think anyone so. Got anything, else to anything else to add? Yeah, right. Yeah. Anything else to add, anybody? Um, I, uh, that's a good game that I like. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, for the sake of the podcast, I'm going to stop ah. myself here. All right. So, uh, with that, guys, and we're done, right? We are out of here. And we're out of here. Oh, my God. Thank you <laughs> so much for tuning in to episode 43 of the Honor Gaming Podcast. Once again, we are a part of the Joystick Entertainment Network. Before we get out of here, though, 
round of plugs. If you guys want to go ahead and uh, social media handles and anything like that, uh, go. Tyler, go. Uh, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I'm at polyhymnal on everything. Uh, at P-O-L-Y-H-Y-M-N-A-L. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram. I am a photographer, and I suck at it. He's really good. I'm really not. Support the homie. Um, yeah, that's that's about it. And uh, I like video games. Fair, all right. Ken. Stupid, stupid. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so you can find the show on Twitter at R&R Gaming Pod. That's R-A-N-D-R Gaming P-O-D. You can also find me personally on Twitter at Macrobov. That's M-A-C-R-O-B-O-V. Byron's also on Twitter at B underscore Ron one four one seven. Where else are we, Byron? We are also on Google Play Music. We're on iTunes, and we're on the Castbox app as well. Five star cool. reviews on iTunes. Those will help us improve the show. Leave us reviews there as well. Again, the criticism and all that stuff. We'll take it. It'll help us make a better show for you guys overall. So. And you can also find me on Twitch streaming. Um, usually, usually I don't have time, really. Uh, it's twitch.tv slash B underscore Ron1417. Uh, thank you guys, though, so much for coming yeah. on the episode. Thanks I really, for having really appreciate it. Yeah, you guys are some of my, of, my, of my best friends, and I appreciate you guys coming on and chatting with us for a few hours. Byron, <laughs> I will kiss stuff. you on the mouth whenever you'd like. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> so with that we are done uh they gotta come back next week sam tell them why because everybody could use a little bit of r and r Yeah. Well, yeah. You know what I mean. Byron, Byron, just leave it. Okay. <laughs>